Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. powerful and it's awesome to see all of you here. Um, I was here uh, a few weeks ago and joined in on the prayer walk and uh, it was great. Um, and during that time I even shared with some people here that uh, kind of ran into the adversary a little bit and so you know it is what it is you, it just happens. Um, but this time there it was different. Uh, I can, you, you've been, you've really been pushing back the darkness. Um, and sometimes when you're involved in it, you don't see it moving. But there's been about a, when, when was it your mom passed? Was it three weeks ago now? Four weeks ago? So from four weeks ago to right now, it's a major difference. Um, what I was going to say <laughs> Today, I'm not even going to say because it's, it's going to be pointless right now. But what you've been doing between the last four weeks till now, I feel when, I, when we begin to pray, not because we were in the, the bus or the van or whatever, but there, there is something that has, has truly been shaken in this city. The stronghold over this city is shaken. Yeah, going to fight against you, but is, has been completely shaken, and you know it. Um, you guys are truly the beacon of hope. When we came around the corner, we were in the backside of the neighborhood here, uh, coming back, and man, as soon as we turned that corner, I had first thing I actually seen was the steeple that's, you know, out there, on the on the top, kind of that wide area of the building. And right then, it just clicked with me. There's people that's going to be coming up through those streets, going, wait a minute, where? Because from that area, you don't see the tower. You don't really see it a whole lot. But once you're coming up the way, that was the first thing I see was the steeple. You're going to see people that's going to be walking around that corner going, there it is. That's that place of hope. This is what I've been drawn to. You see, God's drawing people to Calvary Tabernacle. Um, and and it's, you, it's because you're putting in the work. There's no one else that's doing it. I, if, I'm, if I'm out evangelizing, preaching out, whatever I'm doing, I was just sharing with Taylor, I'm not going to sit at home. I want to get involved with the local church. What can I do you know, to just come and support you? And plus, this is home for me, right? So this, you know, being home, naturally, I'm going to come here and be drawn here uh, to Calvary Tabernacle. But... We were passing by, and, and I guess pulled up to the, the homeless camp there. And then as we pulled away, we seen a man, I don't know if he was under a bridge or might not have been, I can't remember. But he was laying on a sleeping bag, covered up. And right then, the Lord began to shift my thinking 
going, that guy is the one that might be the one reaching my oldest daughter one day that does not, that has left the church and left truth. That might be the man that's reaching your lost loved ones. And what would I do to get that person the right tools to go reach my loved one? And going out and doing what you're doing here, you're breaking through barriers, you're breaking down walls, you're breaking down strongholds. I literally begin, and I don't want to sound like I'm this spiritual guru, but I begin to see these chains over this city that were just being broken and shattered. Not, not just broken, but shattered. And it is falling off. And it is because of your prayers and because of what this church is doing and the, the, the moves that you are making. Don't think they're in vain. Don't think that you're just showing up on another Saturday. What you do is very important. And not to mention, ah, being led by the Spirit is so important. It's so important. Because on that bus, there was one point, you see, I, I, I'm, I'm just a guy. I'm just a regular old guy. And I'm going to learn from other people. I want to be able to have my ears open to hear what other people are doing and what other people are tapping into at that time and what they are sensitive in. And so I, it, there was something that was just, it, it popped up and I heard it. And this young lady here, what's your name? Josie. Josie begins to pray, and it was a different type of prayer, and there was a passion behind it. There was a burden behind it, and I said, okay, young lady, I don't even know, I didn't know that you were thinking about addictions at the time, right? I didn't know where you were going, but, you know, that's a close place to me, because if you don't know me, I'm ex-drug addict, right? I'm, you know, I, that was my whole thing. That was whatever. I was the party guy, and she began to pray, and it just something came out of my spirit. And I said, hey, young lady, and I just said this. I don't know if anybody else in the bus heard me, but I said, young lady, you go ahead and pray that. I will follow you with that. Because as she was leading that, man, that was stirred up in my spirit. And I've got to be able to say, okay, there's going to be other people that's going to be led by the spirit. And I need to understand and learn how to follow. It's so important if you are on the prayer walk, there's going to be times that you're going to see and, and you know, but if there's ever anybody that's, it, you can't be weird, right, about stuff. You know, I've, I've talked about that. And I've seen, you know, you can't be weird about stuff. But there's somebody that says, man, I really feel led that we need to pray this or we need to pray for this. Well, hey, group, get on board because the Lord very well might be speaking to that person. And we don't want to miss the opportunity. Like I said, that person that was laying on the road, I, whatever I can do to pray and whatever I can do to get the right tools to that individual, to bring them into the house of God. And if that's the next pastor, if that's the next youth pastor, if that's the next outreach director, whatever it may be, missionary, I've got to see it with spiritual eyes. I've got to say, God, let me see them as you see them. Because if someone would have put that permanent label on me a long time ago, that's where I still would be. The problem is, when we talk about Downing Thomas, I mentioned this the other night, 
Doubting Thomas, he has had that name and that label throughout all time. But the truth is, is that he just had a moment of weakness, but we put a permanent label on a temporary situation. And all of us in here have a story. All of us in here have a testimony. And I don't want someone to label me as drug addict Dave. No, 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 that's old Dave. That's the ex-drug addict Dave. I'm not that label anymore. But if I listen to the names and the things that people would have called me and attached that label to me for the rest of my life, that's what I would still be if I believed that. But I refuse to believe that because I had a praying church. I had mentors in my life, friends in my life that are praying and calling out my name in prayer and going, okay, God, whatever you got to do to do a work in him, do it because he's got to have the right tools to go out and reach the lost one day, no matter what it is. I'm telling you right now, church, right now Calvary it is high time to get involved like never before because the lost is out there and they are waiting laying on the side of the street for you to come up and say hey you know what I've seen you the last couple of weeks and I want you to know I've been praying for you I want this church to know for the last three and a half years I have had several names on a big board at my church and and it, it says reach the rock on it for little rock Arkansas and I don't know anybody from there really when I first moved there so I put several names from Indianapolis on there and I also have these different tags in my Bible with names on it and it did my soul well to have a friend of mine by the name of Josh Taylor call me about six months ago and he said Dave I don't know what to do you know me we've been friends for a long time and I've just walked out into my backyard and I'm having an experience with God I've been at atheist for the last however many years. Then I said, Josh, you know I'm praying for you, man. And I said, I want to send you something. I said, your name has been on this wall for the last three years. I walk by it every day and I touch your name and I speak your name out in prayer and I speak that you are coming back to God. And you know what? He's called me every day since then for the most part. And he said, Dave, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I want to be a minister. I said, man, you're already a minister. You ain't got to be on the platform and preach them to be a minister. You just reach for the things of God. And it's because of what you're doing here. I don't mean to get excited. I'm sorry this morning. But it's what you are doing here. Showing up every single day is, is reaching the Josh Taylors. It is not in vain the words that you are speaking every morning here or it, when you come out to the prayer walk. Amen. Let me go a little further. In those same names, someone sends me a picture. And there's another name I've been praying for for a very long time. And the person sent me a picture of this guy hugging his dad, I believe it was. And they said, you wouldn't believe this. They said, you wouldn't believe who came into service and prayed through tonight. And I really couldn't tell because the individual, it was the back of them hugging and I think it was their dad. I still have the picture. I said, well, who is it? He said, it's Kevin Souders. Kevin Souders, another name that's been written on that wall. Several 
people have been written on that wall. A guy by the name of Justin Kinnett, and you all might know him. He was here. He's a Calvary kid. You know, he, he looked wild. He looked out of order. I mean, just beside himself. He called me. He said, Dave, I don't know what to do. And Brother Sleeve and I got on the phone. I said, hey, what, what do you think I should do? So I eventually, I got him to Little Rock, Arkansas. Got him set up with a place to live and a place to work for a little while anyway. And he, he calls me up. And I wasn't trying to push him at all. But he calls me up and he says, Dave, I'm coming to the church. I need you to baptize me in Jesus' name. And I I said, well, you really don't need to. You've been baptized. Or he said, no, I need to be baptized. I said, okay. So he shows up at the church and I baptize him in Jesus' name. And he comes up out of the water speaking in other tongues. <laughs> Your prayers aren't in vain. <laughs> don't. On that same wall, there's a guy by the name of Justin Trahill that I've had up there for years, since the beginning. And I'm at, because of the times one year, someone asked me, they said, did you see Justin? I said, who? They said, Justin Trahill. I said, yeah, like 18 years ago. He's probably dead or in jail. I said, no, he's here. He walked into the, the, the rehab house there. He's been going to church, getting involved at Brother Mangan's church. I talked to Sister Mickey. I said, look, that guy right there has got a testimony. You need to listen to it sometime. You see, there's so many people that we are reaching with our prayers. It's a sweet smell going up to God. It's a sweet smell, the fragrance. Just like when the alabaster box was broken, this fragrance was there. It's a sweet, sweet smell. It's a form of worship when we begin to pray over our city because it's telling God you've got what it takes to overcome all this. So that is a form of worship is what we're doing. It's not just praying, it's worship. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh God, oh God, I think we just need to thank him right now. God, I thank you. I thank you, God. Okay, Oh, God. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You are all so valuable to the kingdom. You're all so valuable. There's a little old lady. 
she moved back to, I think, maybe Lake Charles now, but she was here at this church for a very long, long time. Her husband and herself, they started a church in Lake Charles before I was ever even born. And I think he passed away, and she came here to Calvary. And she walked up to me, and again, this is just reiterating our prayers. Brother Mooney at the time had asked me, it was kind of a random deal to preach that night. Or no, it was just to testify, I think it was. So I testified, just told what God was doing around the world, some other areas. And when I got done, the end of service, Brother Mooney was done preaching and was just sitting down on the altar and she walks up to me. She says, you don't realize this. She says, but you, you really made my day. I said, okay. Why? She says, you let me know that the tears of an old woman aren't in vain. She began to weep on my shoulder. I had no idea who she really was. But she said, I watched you come up in this church. And I watched how you left the church. How you would come in and out. She said, I'd continue to pray for you. And she said, then I got other loved ones that I'm praying for. I had no idea this lady's praying for me. She said, but the tears of an old woman aren't in vain. And that just did something in me, knowing that all of these years, it wasn't just to her. It was a, it was a community. It was a family year. Yeah, they might not, some might not have said my name in particular, but they were praying for the lost. They were praying for those prodigals to come home. Praying over the city. Running around back here in Fountain Square and everywhere. There was still somebody praying. There was the Jim Sleevas praying. There was the Juan Lopez's. Coming into this thing, looking at guys like me, going, man, I don't know why you would ever leave this to go do what you're doing. But he prayed. But here's what's awesome about it. Stand up, Juan, for a second. When I, when I came seeing Juan for the first time in a long time, he's in church doing amazing. And here I am doped out of my mind, believe it or not, long hair, long beard, and Juan comes up, just hugs me, on social distance, I'm sorry, he hugs me, man, praying for you, love you, man, wow, you're praying for me, this minister, this man of God, was praying for me. Jim Sleevan, what's your number one prayer request? I've adopted that to my own ministry yeah. now. Yeah. But as a man of God that was praying for me.
saints of God. So again, and, and I don't even know why I stuck here on this. It's just what I guess we needed to hear, including myself. Continue to come. Don't get tired. Because what you're doing, what you're doing is you're throwing that lifeline and you're pulling them out of hell. You're bringing them out of the bondage that they're in. Everything that you do, follow, follow your leadership, follow your pastor. If he says, look, I need you to run out there and begin to shout and come against them, that you run out there and you do it the best you know how to do. Because <sighs> you're pulling people out of hell.